I'm really pleased to introduce Nicole to come and preach to us this morning. Nicole is a small group leader and she's on the leadership team of the Young Adult Ministry and we're working her really hard because she's preaching tonight as well at the Young Adult Ministry. So let's give Nicole a real warm welcome. Good morning, church. Please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 1, 18. I'm going to be reading from the NLT version because I struggle with these thous and thus. So I'm sorry to all the King's James fan, but that's the version I'll be reading from. But before I read, I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you for everyone that is here. You've chosen these people to hear this word, and I pray that hearts are softened, ears are opened to hear the word that you have for them. I pray that each and every person here can take away something from this sermon and apply it to their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Matthew 1.18. As I read the scripture, you'll notice I'm going to emphasize a few words, and you'll see why later. Okay? So, it reads, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sex with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. He was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting with the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet Micah wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people. I don't know if you noticed, but some of the words that I highlighted and emphasised were the names and titles given to Jesus, either before or shortly after his birth. And if you're good at maths, you counted five. Five different titles by five different people. I'll recap. The angel called him Jesus, which means the Lord saves. The prophet Isaiah called him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The wise men called him King, Herod called him the Messiah, which means the chosen one, the chosen deliverer. And the prophet Micah called him the shepherd. 
five different titles by five different people. So we have Saviour, God, Messiah, King and Shepherd. The title of today's sermon is, Who Do You Say He Is? In Matthew 16, verse 13, Jesus and his disciples are having a conversation and he asked them, who do people say the Son of God is? They said, oh, some say maybe Elijah, some say maybe um, John the Baptist, others say other prophets. And then he said, but who do you say who I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Most of us in this room will know the story of Jesus quite well. We can summarise it as, born in Bethlehem, given free gifts, performed loads of miracles, had 12 close friends, betrayed by one, died on the cross and rose again. Philippians 2 puts it like this, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, was born a slave, came as a slave and was born as a human being. He came and died for our sins. And we've heard the name Jesus means the Lord saves. But he's not some aloof saviour that comes riding again on a big horse, saves the world and rides out again, never to be seen or heard of. No, he is a humble saviour who wants relationship with us. He wants us to know him the way he knows us. And when you know someone intimately, you know things about them others might not. Like the placement of a freckle their character, what they stand for. And in a world full of celebrity culture, we can know so much about people without actually knowing them. Think about it. If I asked you about your favourite celebrity, you could probably tell me their kids' names, what they eat, where they shop, what brands they wear, their family secrets. And it can go on and on and on. But we don't walk with these people. We don't do life with them. Yet, we know so much about them. And if we're not careful, we can end up doing the same with God. We can make him a celebrity to us. We can know all the stories in the Bible. We can post scriptures on Facebook and Instagram. And we can even come to his club called church. But are we getting to know him on a personal basis? There's a Caribbean saying, seeing me and living with me are two different things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you would care to admit that you reserve your best behaviour for people that don't know you that well? <laughs> it's the people that live with you day in and day out that get to see and know the real you. And God knows the real us. Psalms 139 says, Lord, you see me when I sit up, you see me when I sit down. You know everything about me. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. He wants us to know him like that. I'm a massive fan of musicals. And one of my favourites is The King and I. And I went to watch it recently at the Grand Theatre. And there's a song in there that goes like this. Getting to know you. Getting to know you. Getting to feel free and easy. When I'm with you, getting to know what to say. Haven't you noticed? Suddenly I'm bright and breezy because of all the beautiful and new things I'm learning about you day by 
day. Hebrews tells us to grow in our understanding of Christ. Once we've grasped the basics, to grow in our understanding and our love for him so that we won't become indifferent. And we can do this. We can get to know him day by day. So how do we get to know God? Well, we can get to know God by reading, talking, and walking with him. And when we do these things, some of those titles like Saviour, Messiah, King, Shepherd, they have real meaning. I'll give you a few examples. Noah walked with God. And that's why the title Saviour could have real meaning for him. You see, Noah knew God and he knew his voice. So when God said this crazy thing like build an ark big enough to hold every zoo in the UK, Noah obeyed. In Genesis 6, God is so saddened by the state and wickedness of the earth that he decides to flood it, flood it and start again. Everybody perishes except for Noah and his family. So when Noah opened the door to the ark after the floods had receded, the word saviour had real meaning for him. Moses walked with God, and that's why the title shepherd could have meaning for him. You see, when God said to Moses, go to Egypt and bring my people out of slavery, Moses obeyed, but he was tentative. He wanted to know God was with him. And God graciously led them by cloud by day and by night fire. And the cloud would have given them covering from the heat of the day. And the fire would have given them light and heat for the night. You see, Moses was not prepared to go anywhere where God wasn't going to go. And God said, Moses, I will go with you. Everything will be okay. So the title shepherd, leader, protector, carried meaning for Moses. And David walked with God. And that's why the title Messiah, deliverer, had meaning for him. You see, David knew God. He loved God and he feared God in a righteous way. So when he had the opportunity to kill the person who's pursuing him, kills, uh, King Saul. He chose not to kill him. Why? Because he chose not to kill the king, the one, the king, the Lord had anointed. Instead, he waited for God to be his deliverer. King Saul died on the battlefield and David was enthroned. So the word Messiah, promised deliverer, had meaning for him. And we can get to know God as we walk with him through our experiences. But we can also get to know God as we talk and read with him. So read with God. All throughout the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New, it is peppered with truths about Jesus. It's peppered. Some are obvious facts that everybody can know, but others are hidden gems, hidden for those that love him. Jesus said, I will show myself, reveal myself to those that love me. So when we read the Bible, let's read it with expectation that we will discover Jesus. Let's digest it. Let's meditate on it. And to meditate on the word simply means to ponder the meaning. To allow the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit time to reveal Jesus. Or time to reveal how that scripture applies to our lives. So let's be still in his presence. But, if you're anything like me concentrating and keeping still for a long period of time is quite difficult. I fidget, I daydream, I wonder what I'm going to eat next. 
it's true. So I have to pray, God, please help me. Help me to be still in your presence. Let's talk to God. Prayer is simply talking to God. It is not elaborate speeches. It is simply a a two-way conversation where one speaks and the other listens. So when we pray, let's pray to know God's heart and then wait to hear what he has to say because he has loads to say. He really does. So let's give him time. But we live in a time-pressured world where we want things yesterday and we say things like time is money. But if time is so valuable, then surely God deserves the best. So let's set aside some quality time. Turn your phone off and find a quiet spot. And now I know some people just had a heart attack when I said phone and off in the same sentence. <laughs> but we must give God our full attention. My mum has the most annoying habit, uh, the most. Whenever I call her, she's normally at home with the family who are so loud. The TV's on the background, so loud. And because she's mum, everybody wants her. Mum, can I have this? Mum, can I have that? Mum, where's my jacket? Mum, where's that? Nana, can I have some sweets? I end up saying, Mum, please, just move to a quiet room so I can hear what you're saying. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go away by yourself, close the door, and pray to the Father in private. Why did he say that? Because he wants our attention, and he wants our intimacy. He wants us to be open and transparent with him in a safe place. And trust and intimacy is built when people share their hearts and even their secrets. We often share our secrets with God, don't we? But how many of you know that God wants to share his secrets with us? Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. I now call you friends because I have told you everything the Father has told me. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, No one can know God's thoughts except the Spirit, and the Spirit reveals God's deep secrets to us. Wow! God, the creator of heaven and universe, wants to share things with us, deep things with us. That is really a beautiful and humbling concept to grasp, but we must grasp it because it's true. There is so much to God, it is a never-ending cycle of discovery. There are so many more names the Bible records for him. So many more titles. They say he's the chief cornerstone, the judge, the prince of peace, the word, the author and perfecter of our faith, the bread of life, the lamb of God, the high priest, the tree vine, the mediator, the rock. Long before Dwayne Johnson was the rock, God was and is the rock. And we can learn the truth of those titles, like Moses, Noah, and David did, when we walk, talk, and read with God. So I ask you the same question again. The same question I believe God asks us all. Who do you say he is? If asked, how would you describe him? What title would you give him based on your relationship with him? It's my hope that our hearts would sing this song to God, getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. When I'm with you, Lord, getting to know what to say. Haven't you noticed, God, suddenly I'm bright and breezy.
because of all the beautiful and new things I'm learning about you day by day. If you're here and you don't know this Jesus, you don't know the Savior I'm talking about, can I ask everyone just to bow their heads? And if that's you, I'd like to give you an opportunity just to raise your hand as a sign to say, actually, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know more about you. I'm not sure, but I felt something today. I've heard something today that has resonated with me. I want to know you more. If it is you, please just raise your hand, and I'm going to invite you just to say a quick prayer with me. Jesus, I now realize I have sinned against you. Please forgive me of my sin and coming to my life. I want to know you. I want to know you as my saviour. I want to know you as my Messiah, as my deliverer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have more questions, please speak to people in the Welcome Lounge and they'll be sure they'll be happy to help you. But maybe you're a Christian and maybe you've been sitting here thinking, oh, that's me. I've been living this life knowing of God, but not really getting to know him. Well, I encourage you, walk, talk, and read with God. And when someone asks you, who is he? You can boldly declare who he is to you. Thank you.